All right, so here we go. Um, wild. Just a quick update. I thought that I was going to Kenya. I purchased a ticket to go to Kenya. I, uh, I found an Airbnb. I booked it. I, I paid for the visa to register for the visa. And then since then, it's just been all like, what? So the rules changed in Kenya. And Kenya now requires a visa. I know, not a visa. Kenya now requires a vaccine. And so, <clears throat> and I haven't been able to get the vaccine yet. I mean, I guess, I, I mean, I could have been more diligent and figured out how to do it. I did see a couple of locations where I could have got a, uh, a vaccine. For example, in the Ukraine, I remember I was uh, I was in a mall and I saw that they were offering Sinovac. And at that time, I don't know, I was just like, okay, do I need it? What's going on with the, vi you know, the whole virus thing? Um, I'm pretty sure that I recovered because, or I had, I got the coronavirus for about 10 minutes because one night I was in Belarus in Minsk and there was an American guy in the hostel. So there was like, I was in a room with six beds, three bunk beds. And the American dude was on, on the, the bottom of one bunk bed. And then this other Canadian dude was under, was uh, on the other bunk bed. And one night I had some flu symptoms. I just, I just woke up three or four times in the night, kind of sweating. And then the next morning I felt fine. And the other guy said the same thing. And so, you know, I didn't think about it. I, I was like, dude, dude, we got the coronavirus. And he's like, nah, come on. Anyways, um, a couple days later, so he, he disappeared. He went back to America. And he eventually sent me a message. And he said, dude, I, so this, this guy actually brought the coronavirus on the airplane with him. Because this was, the, I guess, they didn't have the whole PCR requirement. This is, you know, a long time ago, over a year ago. And uh, so, freak, it was crazy. Or, or maybe, yeah, maybe he had another method for getting into the States. You never know with people you meet in hostels. Especially when they tell you that they used to work for the U.S. military. So, um, it's funny. I met two guys in that hostel that he that were working for the U.S. military. And also the, uh, the U.S. embassy was just down the street, so maybe that had something to do with it. The Canadian dude, actually, if you Google, like, the most traveled man in the world, <laughs> that was the guy. <laughs> he was the guy on the other bed. He's a Canadian dude that's been to, like, every single country in the world. It was pretty wild. The other thing is that both of these guys, they, they're the same age. One guy drinks alcohol. The other guy does not drink alcohol. He, he takes vitamins and takes care of his skin and everything. And it's like night and day. Like one guy looks like he's 30 and the other guy looks like he's 50. I think they're, and I think they're both 40. No, I think they're both 50. One guy looks like he's 60. One guy looks like he's 40. So this dude goes back to the States and <laughs> because he lost the sense of taste and then they tested him. Yeah, he had the coronavirus. And, but for me, nothing. So I just assume that like I recovered, right? So it wasn't a big deal for me. And you have to remember, I've traveled the world over. So, you know, I've, I've tasted every virus that this world has to offer, except for some of the stuff you can find down in Africa. Whew. So. Why are we talking about the virus? All right, so we're, the, we're at the year-end review. Now, let me give you a little little background so about three years ago well about five so remember i told the story many times when i you know 
when I met Tom Buckholz. Um, he gave me a copy of his book. I went back to Canada. I read his book. It moved me. And we had a Skype call. And I proposed the idea of going to Moscow and teaching business English and then practicing with his book. Now, eventually, there was this one guy named Pavel. And he didn't really want to pay for English lessons. And so... So he's so he's like, hey, what, you know, can we come to a deal or something? Like, what what can we do here? And I said, great. So I said, I have a little project, and I need someone to talk to about it. So do you want to be, you know, you want to talk to me with it? You know, let's talk about this book. And so we met like twice a week, and we would just talk about create crucial insight and go through the checklists, and then we would send messages to Tom, emails to Tom, and ask him like, okay, so we didn't understand this. How do you understand that? And like basically for like six months, we were just chatting twice a week for an hour. And sometimes we would invite other people and then we'd send our, you know, our, our questions to Tom and then he'd reply. And oof, that was the, you know, the birth of this, of this idea, like, because I started really understanding it well enough to start teaching it. Now, Pavel, he was always like, he was always like, hey, come on, Blaine, come on. Like, this is like. Let's, we need to compare it to other methodologies. We need to see what else is out there in the market. Like, let's go see what, you know. And I was just like, I was like, come on, let's focus, 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 focus. Wait till we understand this one, and then we'll go to the next one. And he's like, no, this one, we can't understand this one. Why don't you go teach something that's more popular in the market? And I'm like, well, because number one, I haven't seen anything else in the market. I don't know what's available. Number two, this made a difference to me. You know, this this is something that was... It made a real difference in my life. And I think it can also make a difference in other people's lives. And number three, if you're going to work in a startup company, who's out there? Anyways, I'm in a hostel, so you can hear people yelling out there. All right, I'm going to move. All right, so, so Pavel's like, dude, you need to, you have to like learn other methodologies. You can't. Like just, I was like, I kept arguing with him, like, dude, come on, like, let's start with one methodology. <laughs> and now the thing is, what happened? So if we think about this year, um, basically there was this one student from Italy, and he got through the direct outcomes checklist really, really quickly. He's an engineer. He works for a big engineering company, and. Um, so when he worked through the checklists, it was like, okay, no problem. Like he got through the whole methodology very quickly. And then after he completed that, then it's, we were kind of like, oh, and he still wanted lessons because, you know, he wanted to really improve his English. And that's, you know, when you think about companies, you have to have some kind of edge, right? So apparently people talk about Airbnb and they had like, you know, they cheated somehow or Uber, you know, they cheated somehow. Like every company that succeeds, they have some competitive advantage that that allows them to either cheat or to get ahead. And like for me, when I was in Canada, I actually started teaching direct outcomes checklists in Canada. And, you know, I didn't understand them that well at that time. That was that's like, you know, five years ago. And also Canadian people are very judgmental. So, you know, I would I would give presentations and they're like, they're like, who are you? Like, why? Like, you're a nobody, and I really was nobody. So, um, so I need to cheat, man. Like, I need to find a way. How can I? How can I do it? Like, it's just it was so frustrating, and that's where like my business on 
uh, preply.com, www.preply.com was my hack because like this year, like I've been doing this business now on this website for one year. Uh, first of all, you need to, everyone needs to thank Tom because he, he gave me the permission and the support to be able to, to do this. You know, this is his book and this is his work. And I mean, this is his baby, you know, this is his life's work. And like, he gave me the, 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 the go ahead to be able to present it to people in public. So I'm really thankful for that. And so as, as Pasquale, wait, you know, I try to, I try to not use personal information. So as the man from Italy <laughs> uh, was like, okay, well, let's keep going. Um, I don't know how we did it, but we ended up bumping into the, you know, the Google digital garage, you know, the, the Google uh, fundamental digital marketing skills course. We started going through that together. And the thing is that this guy, he's had a blog, you know, for several years. And as we were going through the steps, you know, the videos about this Google digital garage, he's like, yeah, I know this. Yeah, I know. And then we started talking about SEO. Yeah, I know this. And then we set up a blog. Oh, yeah, I know this website, SEO marketing, you know, all these different issues. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find out that actually this guy has been running his business, writing books about leadership and selling them online and growing an audience for many years. So it's very, it was very interesting. And then he started like advising me actually one time, like I had a chance to reflect on this. Like what happens when you reverse roles? Because if he, like, if these people are most interested in learning English and they're not actually there for like, I mean, they're there for the benefit of talking about business English. They're also there because there's information in these books, create crucial insight, uh, Google digital garage. And so they keep coming back. They're like, yeah, let's keep, you know, keep going. Let's keep going. What does it matter if it's, you know, direct outcomes checklist or something else? And it's a good point. Yeah. So it's like, so then we just kept moving. So now if you start studying Google digital garage, then eventually you're going to meet the book called uh, business model generation, which creates the, which, which is how, you know, where you, uh, you learn how to create a, a business model canvas. So we did that. And then, you know, then I met another student from Israel and all of a sudden he's like, Hey, what about design sprints also from Google? All right. So now I'm in the process of what I'm, um, the business model canvas. It's cool. I already kind of included aspects of it within kind of my standard course. Cause in fact, it's true. Like you kind of do need to understand the business model canvas before you can really, I mean, you can work with direct outcomes right away. But I also use the business model canvas to kind of gauge where the student is at, like how well, do, where are they in the organization? Because if you have a CEO and you show them the business model canvas, then boom, I mean, they understand everything. They're like, yeah, I see it. Yeah, I got it. And then you can have a conversation about those different areas of the business model canvas. And then you can go and grab one of the, uh, one of the Create Crucial Insight, you know, direct outcomes checklists to, in order to dig deeper in, you know, some of those areas. And then you can, you know, work on this digital marketing fundamentals of digital marketing also to dig deeper into areas of the business model canvas. And then suddenly, like, I don't know how it happened. So, all right. So the next one was design sprints. So like suddenly I was getting, uh, I got a book from that guy from Israel. He's like, dude, you need to read design sprints. I'm only on Monday for design sprints. And it's quite interesting because on Monday, 
there is basically three steps. So you have to like pick the goal, you know, the objective. Like, what does it look like if you succeed? What does it look like if you don't succeed? And then you got a map. And this is the thing is like, I'm still working on like, how do you do mapping? Where do you go with mapping? Because I can do mapping with direct outcomes checklists. And I have been, we've been, I have, you know, like I've talked to like hundred, over 200 people now. And we've created a variety of different types of maps with direct outcomes checklists. It has like, there are checklists for like very, very large categories, customers, colleagues, providers, right? You can just put all of those ideas into those three big boxes. And it also has like very, 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 very fine details of like, is that person motivated uh, with the desire, by the desire to enhance their physical, uh, their physical fitness? And if they're motivated to improve their physical fitness, then would it be a, would you be able to attract uh, like that type of that type of employee if you were to offer some kind of benefit package or if you installed some kind of machine in your business and like very very specific details about how to improve uh, performance in people or like what's the diff- like what's the difference between like high levels of effort and high lo- and or low levels of effort can you achieve high levels of success with low levels of effort and then how do you do that? And anyways, like I, I don't want to go into the details right now of, of the of how to do that. But so we have the mapping from Tom. And then now all of a sudden the di- design sprints is asking me to do mapping as well. And then suddenly like I got this this one new student comes in and he's like, come on, I need your help. You know, come on. I got, I got this opportunity to work for this company and they're bringing together investors and startups in, in Europe for this energy project and there's going to be like over a hundred investors on the, on the panel from government, government, sovereign wealth funds from corporate corporations and finance companies. And, you know, I want this job, I really want this job, but like, I need the help with the English and okay, fine, let's go. So, you know, it's really interesting stuff because like as a coach, I get to learn about all these different kinds of businesses and, (laughs) <laughs> but I didn't have an opportunity to share any of my my techniques, models, information. This guy is like, okay, well, he's he says he says he's a serial entrepreneur, so he's very experienced. And he says, I need this, I need this, I need this. Let's go. So I've been like, you know, the passenger. He's been the driver uh, for the last month, and suddenly um, he's like, okay, so my boss, he's like, he needs to see all of this in OKRs. I'm like, what are OKRs? And so now I'm learning OKR methodology. I'm reading the book, Measure What Matters Most. And I've been able to work with at least eight students over the last three, four weeks where we have been constructing OKRs, objectives and key results. And I'm getting a little better at it. And also I have like, you know, I got one student. He he um, he controls 30% of the market in the Ukraine for solar panel uh, wholesale. And I mentioned OKRs to him and he's just like, boom, like he's like, okay, I already read the book, Measure What Matters Most. And then we just had this really, you know, intense conversation about what they are, what it means, how to create them. So it's like, it's powerful, you know, like being in this environment where 
these business people have access to all this information and then finding out that all these these really smart people very experienced people have more knowledge and experience than me and so the benefit that they're getting is the opportunity to talk about these topics which they love in english the benefit for me unexpected i guess yeah unexpected because i remember even tom like i talked to him what i guess about i guess around september when i was in the ukraine and he was just laughing because he's like dude you know well he doesn't say dude he's a physicist <laughs> i think he's in you know in his 60s or maybe even 70s and uh <laughs> so he's like dude you know i like look like look at the the benefit you're getting from being able to talk to all these companies and modeling these companies within within my models and uh and now you can understand all of that like he didn't say it in so many words but we you know we were both kind of giggling that that it worked you know it's it's working like it's really working Whew. so now the the transition in my life right now is that i'm in georgia i can be here for about a year uh it still don't have to get vaccinated everybody's talking about the omicron as the last wave i wonder if after the last wave if um if these vaccine requirements will be lifted eventually i don't know um you know i think I've, i think i've recovered so and i haven't gotten the virus a second time and i live in you know i live in hostels i live in rooms with six, 10 people every night they're all coming from different places around the world so i'm pretty sure that if i had an issue then the issue would have already manifested itself by now so i'm not really interested in hate mail from people uh, to be honest but you know uh, if i don't need to take the vaccine then like why so So the question is, where are we right now? Now, this is going to sound crazy. That's why I waited until 18 minutes to talk about it. So I'm in Georgia and I'm plugged into the, you know, the electricity and I'm plugged into the Wi-Fi. And then, you know, I use the water. Oh, my alarm's going off. I, I got to listen in a couple minutes from now. Where are we? There we are. Okay. So, so the idea is that, like, I don't know. I kind of want to see what it feels like to to get to be off the grid. You know, I don't know my my feeling with people. I'm very sensitive to to emotion. Sometimes I can even feel people's emotions. And I got super sensitive to emotion after I got divorced, because I don't really want to go through that painful experience again. And so now I'm like really, really emotionally, I'm very defensive. It's very unlikely that, you know, that's that uh, part of my life is going to work out very well. You know, my, one of my students is a psychiatrist and he's decided that he wants to write a blog post once a week. So I'm helping him to write a blog post once a week. And then after we have about 30 to 50 articles, then we're going to we're going to do a like a like a, you know, like a lead magnet. So we'll start uploading the posts maybe we'll use like mailchimp or uh mailer light or something like that maybe even connect like a salesforce crm at the end and uh, start selling digital assets eventually and he decided his topic is going to be 
like CEOs with um, with you know emotional like why why is it that CEOs are so powerful they can create such amazing things but that at this, they have these superpowers and sensitivities at the same time they're 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 having difficulties extreme difficulties in other areas of their life and I'm like I'm like dude why are you talking about me <laughs> but I think he's also talking about himself to some degree and he's talking about lots and lots and lots of other talented people and so I'm thinking I don't know like well if i'm crazy anyways then all right so let's milk it man let's let's really enjoy the process of being crazy so i'm in georgia it's like one of the safest countries in the world it's one of the warmest countries in the world and i love speaking russian i've been learning russian for four years and i'm like why why am i in these hostels why am i in rooms with like six people like why don't i get into the wilderness and into the mountains and what would I need for that to happen? Like basically, so I started looking at bicycles and like bicycle caravans. And then, okay, so if I had an electric generator and then I, you know, install it onto like a, like a, a bed with wheels and then attach it to a bicycle, like that could work, right? And then I talked to the mobile company. They said, yeah, our internet coverage is really good all across the whole country. Even in the mountains, there's almost no areas where we have bad coverage through the whole country. And I'm like, okay, so, okay, so, and then they said the rivers are full of trout, and it's like, what's going on? Why am I going crazy? I'm going to be, and then now, so I'm getting sucked, and I'm like, what? Anyways, can't wait till the next blog post. I'm going to be in the wilderness. So, I don't know, I'm thinking about going back to my YouTube channel, and like, because you saw, you saw the old, you know, the old, uh, the 101 day challenge. That was cool, but like now it's like, well, this is my life now. So, and I'm very comfortable with who I am. I'm confident about my products and services. And, you know, before it was like, hey, this is me. Does anybody like me? And now it's like, now it's like, this is me. Like, so if you can feel that, if you can connect to that power and that energy and that confidence, then welcome and let's move forward. Like, I'm so confident in my business, my skills, my understanding of life, that I'm willing to walk into the next step of life, the next transition, where I'm in the wilderness, you know, like, do you remember David? Ever heard that story about David, King David, in the Old Testament story, where he becomes a fugitive, and he's, he has to run. And it's like, okay, I also had those experiences, right? So he had four distinct periods in his life. And like, this is... <laughs> I don't know how many distinct, I had China, so that was a distinct period of my life. I guess the first distinct period was my upbringing with my family and with my LDS background. And then the second, you know, pillar was China and learning Chinese, going through law school and understanding what's going on in, in China. Now I'm working on, then I, then I developed the third pillar. I guess I'm still in the third pillar where I met Tom and I started this startup company. And then I started teaching business and now I'm actually functioning well. It's like self-taught, right? So a guy that never went to business school, never went to, uh, you know, anything like that, just read a couple of books and then started talking to business people. And then the most, so I didn't waste my time, you know, I went straight to modeling. And then from here, if you want, because why would you want to be a technician? You know, if you like tech, being a technician, then it's fine, but I'd rather be I like to play with people who like to make stuff and then I like to make stuff too. So, you know, I don't even know where this blog post is going anymore. 
just wanted to invite everybody to come along with this journey. I think two, two, 2022 is going to be freaking awesome. So I guess it still is this third phase of my life where I'm building this business and helping other people build their business and living in, in the, uh, in the wilderness isn't necessarily a new phase. It's just, it's just, a yeah. So this is the thing. So we're now reaching the last phase of me, of Blaine as simply a business coach. And we're now moving into the phase where Blaine is helping people create like where the people are actually seeing money come into their business because they've worked with me. That's powerful. That's really powerful. And then once we reach profitability, like once I hit the point where I'm making so much money that I can go back to Canada and, and pay my bills, because it's too dang expensive in Canada. But once I reach that level where I'm making enough money to go back to Canada, then we can start the, the one, two, three, the fourth. So the fourth pillar of my life, you know, where I return to Canada and I start providing public services and building society and community. So it's, we're still moving forward. Like things are still working out. I'm really excited for the year. I think, uh, I hope that you're excited for the year and, uh, let's keep creating crucial insight. This is really amazing. So displaying gates and, uh, it's a space between ideas signing off and, uh, Wow, I'll uh, I'll see you in the wilderness.